0: The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 16th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, A little while and you will see me no longer. And again a little while and you will see me. So some of his disciples said to one another, What is, it, what is this that he says to us? A little while and you will not see me. And again a little while and you will see me. And because I am going to the Father so they were saying what does he mean by a little while we do not know what he is talking about Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him so he said to them is this what you are asking yourselves what I meant by saying a little while and you will not see me and again a little while and you will see me truly truly I say to you you will weep and lament but the world will rejoice you will be sorrowful but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. I imagine it was with similar shouts of joy that the people of Israel celebrated as they left Egypt. Having been loosed from their slavery, the ten plagues, including that final one, the death of the firstborn, they marched out of Egypt. Having plundered the Egyptians, they were rich with the gold and silver of their neighbors. They made their way out of Egypt towards the promised land. And I'm sure that they were rejoicing. Singing songs of joy, shouting with joy to God on their way. That is, until they reached the border of the Red Sea. And they encountered what seemed to them to be an impossible task. How are we going to get over there from here? And then things grew from bad to worse as they looked behind them and saw Pharaoh and all his host pursuing them, ready to kill them and drag them back into slavery. And so the people of Israel did what they always do, what we tend to do. They grumbled and cried out to God and said, you brought us here just to kill us. And Moses gave what is one of my favorite speeches in all of the Bible. It reminds the people that God is faithful. That he has been faithful and he's made them promises. And then he says to the people, All you have to do is be quiet. Just wait. Just wait. And really, just wait a little while. And your salvation will be here. Just wait a moment. And Moses was going to lift up his arm. And the Red Sea was going to be parted. And they would cross through on dry ground. And the waters would come back together and destroy their enemies forever. Slavery in the past, never to return. Just wait. Just a moment. That is the comfort of the words of Jesus in our gospel lesson. Just a little while. Just wait. Just a moment. A little while, and you will see me again. A little while, and you will have everything that I've promised you. A little while, and you will be free from sin forever. A little while. And this war that you're waging against the passions of your flesh, this war will be over. A little while and you will have the answer, the definitive answer to the Lord's Prayer. Every time you pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, it will happen. Just a little while. Just wait. All that you have to do is be quiet. All that you have to do is listen to the promises of God and believe them. Even now, as you strain in this world, as you strain to tune your ears to God's Word, to tune out every other voice that preaches lies, just wait. There's coming a day when you won't have to do that anymore, when you won't have to discipline your frail and weak flesh, when you won't have to bother saying no to temptation because you will be free from the shackles of sin. You will be free from the burden of death. You'll be free from your love of everything that is evil. That's how we come into this world, loving things that are evil. And in Christ, we have begun to learn to love anew, to love what is good and right and true, but not yet, not fully. And so, just wait a little while, a little while, and you will see him again. Come, Lord, quickly. That's what St. Paul writes at the end of 1 Corinthians. It's what we sang in our opening hymn. Come, Lord, quickly. Why Quickly. Why do we not want him to tarry? Why do we not want him to take his time? It's because the life of a Christian is burdensome. You bear in your body, in your flesh, the curse of sin, the weight of evil. You bear it in your conscience and on your heart. It afflicts us from day to day. That's why we return daily to baptism, where we are reminded what God has done for us, how he has washed us and made us clean For we are once again energized to wait, just a little while, just wait. Now when Jesus spoke these words to the disciples, they were about to wait for three days. When he says, you'll see me no longer, he's talking about the grave. He'll be laid in the grave and they won't see him, and it would be the worst three days of their life, waiting, hoping that it had all not come to nothing, that something would come of their hope and their promises from their Savior, that something would come from this, from laying aside their lives, from following Him, that's some serious waiting. Just three days, but you saw them right after Easter, huddled in an upper room, terrified. The waiting was too much for them. Thank God their Savior came to them and spoke peace to them. Whether you're waiting for just three days or for a lifetime, for Christ to return. Here's the point. The joy that comes in the morning, the joy that comes with the return of Christ, with the fulfillment of everything that he's promised, is a joy that overshadows and outweighs every bit of sorrow that you could ever experience in this life. Think of the worst suffering imaginable, the joy. The joy that is promised to you will make that seem as nothing. It'll blow away like chaff in the wind. Jesus uses this wonderful illustration of a woman in labor who suffers unimaginable pain and really is in the throes of death. But then, when the child is born, it's all forgotten. It's all set aside for the joy that a human being has been born into the world, that she has gotten a man by the help of the Lord. Just a little while she has to wait, and then it's all joy. Now, there is a difference in the way that you can think about those words a little while. There are several different ways you could hear them. For instance, imagine the situation. You, uh, this would never happen to any of you, but imagine you're driving down Highway 7 and the sheriff happens to be dropping, driving in the opposite direction and you're texting while you're driving. Again, none of you would do this. You're texting while you're driving and he flashes his lights, pulls you over, and he walks up to your window. You roll it down and he says, License and registration, please. And there you sit texting on your phone and you say, just a minute. <laughs> if you did that, I guarantee you don't do it. It wouldn't go well for you, right? That, those words, a little while, just a minute, just wait, right? In the ears of the sheriff, from your mouth. They're devastating words. Devastating for you. The last thing he wants to hear, and he's going to make you feel it, right? Or, on the other side of the coin, the promise of a little while. So when a child is hungry and dinner is being prepared, how long till supper? Just a little while, just a moment. This isn't an insistence, look, you have to do something right now, but just wait, it's ready. Food is almost here. Get yourself, wash your hands, clean up, and come sit at the table. You can see how different these two senses of a little while, of just a moment, might be. But the contrast gets even starker because it really depends on the kind of experience that you're having. right? So when you go to the dentist and you have to have a tooth drilled, it really lasts just for a little while. Just a moment. But even that moment is far too long because it's a painful experience. If that moment could be shorter, you would do it in a moment. you do it in an instant. You'd say, just make it over with right now. I want it to be done with. On the other hand, when there's a joyful experience, a wonderful experience that lasts just for a moment, it's never long enough. So I remember being a kid and waiting for two hours in the line at the amusement park to get on that roller coaster to ride on a ride that lasts how long? Just a minute, 45 seconds. It's never long enough. Joyful experience is never long enough for us. Just a moment of joy is never long enough. Meanwhile, a moment of pain is perhaps too long. Really, in the end, it depends on what you love. Depends on what you love. How you hear those words, just a little while, just a moment, depends on what you love. So Jacob, we hear about Jacob, the patriarch Jacob in the Old Testament, who had to work seven years in order to marry his wife, Rachel, and those seven years seemed to him but a few days because of the love that he had for her. It was really just a little while because he was so hopeful, so looking forward to that joy. On the other hand, when you're a kid and you want to throw a party at home and your parents are going away for just a little while, that little while is never long enough. That's okay, Mom and Dad. You can stay out for as long as you want. You can stay away for as long as you want. You don't want them to come back because it will ruin your joy. It will ruin your fun. Solomon warns about that kind of joy, that kind of hoping for a longer time, hoping for a little more tarrying. He warns about that in Proverbs when he warns a young man to watch out for the adulterous woman whose husband is away just for a little while. They both hope that he'll stay away longer because if he comes back now, he'll have spoiled. He'll have spoiled their fun, spoiled their pleasure. How you hear those words, just a little while, really depends on what you love, and it can go either way. Now, for the Christian, when Jesus says, just a little while, those are words meant to be words of great comfort. But our world is a world full of people for whom that little while is not long enough. And in fact, churches are full of Christians who would rather that Jesus took a little bit longer, who would rather that he stayed away a little bit longer. You can hear this in the way that Christians are afraid of death how they want to hold it off for as long as possible, how they cling desperately to every last breath, not recognizing that in death is life for the Christian, that at long last, in death, their waiting is over, their little while is over. For those who have no sorrow over sin, for those who cherish their sins, who love the delights and pleasures of the flesh, they just want to hold on to them a little bit longer, And the return of Christ to the end of their lives comes far too soon. For the joys and delights of this life, which are temporary, they're fleeting. Go away too fast. And so, rather than praying, come, Lord, quickly, they'd say, Lord, just wait a little bit longer. Stay away a little bit longer so I can enjoy this life a little bit more. For those who have no sense of their own frailty, their own weakness in the face of temptation, who have no sense of the fact that we walk in danger all the way, Through the valley of the shadow of death, the devil is constantly prowling around, seeking to devour us. For those who have no sense of that, then of course, stay away, Jesus. I'm enjoying my life. Things are just fine right now. For those who have no longing for peace or blessedness, for those who do not hunger and thirst for righteousness, Jesus can take his time. And of course, for those who think that way, for those who love the things of this world... No amount of suffering, no amount of sorrow is worth the joy that is coming to those who have life in Christ Jesus. The joy isn't worth it. joy isn't worth putting up with sorrow and suffering. And so, like a mother who decides that the pain and suffering of bearing a child is not worth it, they put an end to that suffering. They ignore it. They set it aside. They abandon the promises that are given to them. They let go of the joy. The joy is not worth it. Let Christ stay away. What do I care about His joy? What do I care about His promises? I have joy and pleasure and delight right now in front of me. Let me have that. Let me live this life now. For those who live that way, when Christ returns, He will find them wishing that He had stayed away, and it will be a dreadful moment. For folks who live that way, who live as though it would be better if Christ never came back, They will find the end met with wrath, stripped of joy. Jesus will say to them, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. They are those who have used their freedom, their freedom in Christ, freedom from sin and slavery and death. They've used their freedom as a cover-up for evil. They're like the mice who play when the cat is away, or like the workers, the servants, who make a mess of the house while the master is gone. Let that not be us. Let us never... Let us never think, if only Christ would stay a little bit longer. If only he would delay a little bit longer. If only I could have more of this, then everything would be okay. Let us never think that. Instead, Instead, let us pray, come Lord quickly. Come Lord quickly, and in fact, he does. Seven times those words appear in our gospel lesson, just a little while. Seven times, to make the point abundantly, painfully clear, it's just a little while, which is the greatest source of comfort for anyone who feels the weight of their sin, who feels the burden of death, who looks around and sees nothing but grief and shame and sorrow overrunning our world, that sees a world full of flesh headed towards the grave. What could be better news than just a little while? Just wait. Just be quiet and hope In my promises. What could be better than the joy that Jesus has to offer us, which is completely unlike the joys that you might experience in this life? Many of which are God given good gifts, but nonetheless are temporary. They're fleeting. The joy that Jesus gives, the joy that He promises in His life and His salvation is eternal. No one will take it from you. So many live their lives right now holding on to every last joy for fear that it will be taken from them. But this joy that Christ has promised to you is permanent and eternal. You cannot imagine it. You cannot picture it. You simply must believe his words. Your joy will overwhelm you. And part of that joy will be looking back on your life and seeing how God has worked all of your suffering and all of your sorrow, and all of your grief, all of your pain, how he has worked it all for your good. To teach you to trust in him, to teach you to love as he has loved you. How he has worked every worst moment for your salvation, for your eternal good. How he has turned the curse of pain into joy like the joy of a newborn child. Think of that. The curse that God gave to Eve included this pain in childbearing, and yet... God's love for us is so great that he adds this joy. Although you must suffer now, there will be joy. Joy better, far better than the birth of a child. Joy unending. The joy that comes with peace with God, that comes from blessedness, that comes from holiness, that comes from looking at your own heart and not seeing anything. Not seeing anything to separate you from God, bearing no guilt or shame any longer. That's how you can rejoice right now. The apostles, they often tell us in the New Testament to rejoice, even in the face of suffering. Count it all joy, brothers, when you encounter trials of various kinds. Rejoice in the face of suffering. And it seems like an impossible task. It's like telling somebody who's depressed to cheer up. But here's the joy for you. Your Lord has already worked salvation for you. He already paid the penalty for your sin. He already went through the grave and rose again so that you would not remain there. He has already done it all. So that now all that is left for you is to wait, to be quiet, and to listen. This is how the people of Israel could have approached the Red Sea. Having come from slavery in Egypt, having seen the wonders worked by their God who defeated all the gods of Egypt, having seen how Pharaoh couldn't hold a candle, to their Savior. They could have come to the edge of the Red Sea, and instead of throwing up their arms in despair, they could have said, I can't wait to see what salvation God works next. I can't wait to see how God redeems me from this trouble, from this sorrow, from this grief, because he has said he will do it. I can't wait to see how God shows me his love and his mercy yet again, for it is new every morning. Great is your faithfulness." That's the joy of being a Christian, even now. You don't have to wait for the end to rejoice, but rejoice that your Savior works now for you, that he works wonders for you now, drawing you close to him, forgiving your sins, making you clean, giving you new life now, and preparing for you an eternity of joy. Put your trust in him. Fix your ears on those words just a little while, and pray. Pray that he would come quickly, for he is your hope and your salvation. To God alone be all glory now and forever.